When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. My name is Ben Bolin. Scott, uh, you know, of course, I still work here with you at HowStuffWorks.com. Uh, also, I want to tell you this new gig I got, man. It's sweet. It's awesome. A new gig. Yeah. All good. What, what's uh, what's going on this week? I am How Stuff Works official weatherman for Antarctica. <laughs> really? Yeah. So what's it doing in Antarctica today? Just being cold, man. Easiest job ever. Good work. Yeah. No wonder they don't pay me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there much uh, is much need for uh, weatherman in Antarctica? Oh, sure. You know, just in case. Just in case. Yeah. Yeah. I you understand. never know. I understand. Okay. Well. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. Well, my stapler needs refilling too, so maybe we need to get back to that. One, I've moved That's on. A... We have an intern doing that. Oh, that, that was tape. I think it was tape. Your your tape yeah, dispenser yeah, refiller. Yeah, tapes. An intern's doing the uh, the staplers. Uh, yeah. I'll ask See, around. I said it was political earlier. People will remember. <laughs> so let's. You know what though? Let me just move past that. Yeah. My uh, my tremendous loss in both terms of ego and uh, salary when I couldn't get onto the staples. But uh, let's. Let's go and talk about something a little more exciting. No problem. All right. I'm just going to fire a couple ideas off. Tell, tell me stop if you hear one that you want to do a podcast on. Because <laughs> look at all these notes I got, right? You do. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, parachutes. No? Okay. Man, no. Um, uh, hang gliders. No. Okay. Hang glide racing. No. Okay. Urban legends. Possibly. Okay. Wait, what? Possibly. All right. Well, uh, let me try to entice you with one. You want to hear one? I'd love to hear one. Okay. I'll, I'll do a really, a really short one. This yeah. is like a one liner. Okay. So there is an urban legend that, uh, and we've discussed this one before that, uh, interstate systems were built to be air landing strips. Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. Airplane landing strips in times of emergency or war. Sure. Um, that is not true. We're just going to go ahead and bust that one. We've busted it before, but we still get emails about it occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not true that it happened. A lot of people who claim that or a lot of things that you read about that say that it happened in 1956 mm-hmm. in the Interstate Act of 1956. Sure. Yeah. That established the interstate system. So logically, that would be where it was if it was true. Mm-hmm. It's not. 
there are uh, there are definite uh, rules for excuse me regulations for you know the grade of the interstate, the height of bridges or overpasses, uh, but there is nothing there that says you need to be able to land a plane on it. Okay, makes sense. I mean, we but we've talked about it in the past where we said, yeah, I could kind of see it's possible, but then there's mm-hmm. also these tricks kind of thrown in there that you know now there, there's a there's a long stretch of highway, but there. are Big metal poles in the way that have signs that warn you about, you know, upcoming off ramps. Uh, that, that, sure. to me, that says you can't land a plane there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's trees nearby, you know, they've allowed to grow somewhat close to the road, not, not right on the road, but somewhat close to it. Or a green median where, um, you know, there's now trees growing. Right. Um, something like that just wouldn't work. Or the separation, you know, the, uh, the, the concrete barrier. Yeah. It would have to be, would have to be one continuous wide stretch of road. It can't have a, uh, a concrete barrier. So yeah, I can kind of see that one. You know, being false. Now, this is not to say that it is impossible for a plane to land on certain parts of the interstate. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows? Planes may have to at some point. It's just not – it wasn't explicitly designed to do that. I've seen it. You've seen it? I've seen it. You've seen a plane land? Yes. See, this is – oh, you snuck into stuff Scott sees. Yeah. Yeah, I did, didn't I? Clever. Yeah. Touche. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it was in Michigan. I think I may have, maybe have even you mentioned this last I time. I think so. Okay. Yeah. So, Not for that then. Yeah, okay. You can, you well, can listen to the episode if you want to hear it. I don't want to – do I have your interest yet on this one? <laughs> yes, you do. Okay, good. Let's keep going. I've got one for you. Um, let me see. I'm going to read you – I'm going to I'm gonna read two very short ones. You tell me if uh, – which one you think is true? Oh. One of these is true. Oh, it's a quiz. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cell phones can set off gas pumps. Okay. Or uh, I'll give you three. You mean, uh, you mean uh, uh, fire, right? Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. In dangerous fire. So I'll give you three, two are false, one is true. Cell phones can set off gas pumps. Uh, Adrian Brown, the wife of James Brown, uh, tried to – Plead diplomatic immunity uh, to some traffic convictions, including speeding and driving under the influence. Or Dip- wait, diplomatic immunity? Yes, uh, because she claimed that her husband James Brown, being hailed as the ambassador of Seoul, okay, qualified her. That's hmm. an urban legend. Okay, uh, red cars get more speeding tickets. Hmm. One of these is true. The other two are false. One is true. I'm going to go with the red cars. I hate to break it to you, man. That I'm wrong? is, you were wrong. I'm wrong. Red cars St- do not get more speeding tickets. Statistically, people have found that red cars do not get more speeding oh, tickets. Okay. However, statistically, it's also been found, uh, and this, uh, comes from some citations by Snopes that white cars in the tests that they have done actually get less speeding tickets in proportion to the number of white cars in the sample size. So while it is not proven that red cars get more speeding tickets, which everybody believes, I used to believe that until mm-hmm. earlier this week, actually, sure. um, there is this sort of tentative thing that indicates just, may, just maybe <laughs> your white car will get you less uh, notice. Really? Okay, that's interesting. Uh, Don't start speeding. But, no, no, yeah. of course. And I, I bet it has a lot to do with the type of car it is as well. But I'm maybe, sure that's more. Maybe so. not. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe uh, this is just pure statistical data that's based on car color, right? Right. So uh, I guess you can't argue with that. I mean, if it's, right. a, I mean, of course, what's the sample? You got to figure out that. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? Just one town, or was it one 
state or how do they do it? Do you remember? Uh, it's one, it's not the whole country. It's okay. not a whole country average. Okay. It's not even regional. It's, it's relatively small, but, right. um, of course the law enforcement people questioned about this, uh, said that they were focused on the violation that they saw, not the color of the car. Mm-hmm. So statistically, again, we might get in trouble for this. I'm sure there are people who disagree and they probably drive red cars, but statistically red cars do not get pulled Man, over. I'm trying to think back if I had more speeding tickets in a red car that I had than in say a blue car. You know what I, though? I can't remember. I think you're right. I think it really is the type of car. I, it could be. And I wonder if there's just a little bit of uh, how aggressive you drive in that car as well, which obviously has a part to you know, play in this. I mean, it can't, if you could have, you could have a, uh, you could have a brand new Ferrari that's bright red, of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yes. That, um, you know, maybe you, you never ever go over the speed limit because you know they're watching for you, but, um, I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer this. I, I mean, I, I can look at it two different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, that, uh, let's say you've got an exotic car that's bright red. Of course, that's going to catch some attention. Sure. But yeah. say you've got a uh, car like mine, which is not exotic, but it's, let's say that it's bright red and you drive it very aggressively. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a chance that you're probably going to get more speeding tickets if you're driving aggressively, I would think. And there we go. And I'll, I'll go with you there and even take it around the corner. What if people drive more aggressively when they're in a red car? True. Could happen. Mm-hmm. Could happen. Possibly. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much that has to do with it. How much do you really see the outside of the car when you're yeah. Hey, what? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got a whole show ahead yeah. of us. Uh, okay, just just to get the quiz over with, buddy. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That means that James Brown's wife yes. really did plead or ask for diplomatic immunity? Right. I guess you would say the correct language would be claimed diplomatic immunity. Really? Because her husband at the time, James Brown, is the ambassador of Seoul. <laughs> and the lawyer who advanced this – this now this really happened. Yeah. Uh, the lawyer who advanced this did withdraw that claim shortly after making. It. I would think so. Yeah, because yeah. you can't That's just say yeah. that, that really happened. Yes. Okay. But, well, what about the static? Oh, go ahead. Did you have more about that? Well, but all, it's just also basically diplomatic immunity. Um, in case there's anybody listening who is somehow involved in a situation like this, if you're a U.S. citizen. And you have diplomatic immunity for some reason. It only applies outside of the U.S. If you're in a, a State Department job or something and you work here in the States, you you can't speed, dude. Don't try to get away with it. <laughs> it doesn't work. Right. Got it. Okay. I, I static at cell phones. Also, complete hogwash. Man. Really? It doesn't happen. No kidding. It doesn't. It does not make you blow up. Yeah. Not in danger. I thought I heard that too. Yeah. Smoking. Now, what, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Cell phones and static electricity don't cause fires at the pump, right? right? But static electricity at the pump does. If you were to, if you're not grounded and the, then there's a spark from your fingertip, hmm. that's very dangerous. Yeah, I could see that very because dangerous. it's still a, basically the, the danger is the spark. Exactly. And that's why they tell you not to get back into the car when you're fueling a vehicle because of built up static and mm-hmm. it's static charge inside the vehicle. And then when you come back out again, you have risk of touching something metal near the tank. That's true. Because there's vapor coming out the whole time. And then yeah. of course you got your tank right below it. But, um, that's the same thing with, uh, filling, I, I believe, uh, containers, like, you know, the plastic containers that you fill, the red Oh, that's why you have to have them on the ground? Put them on the ground. Yeah, that's right. Never fill them in, like, a plastic truck bed. Mm-hmm. You know, that's bad news. Really and plus, bad. if you have a car like mine with an all shaggy wool interior, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> you have a wool interior. The ladies love it. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet it's not scratchy at all, right? But uh, so you know some <laughs> urban legends, man. You got uh, you know what? I got a couple here, and you know what's funny is that this this kind of came up because of a, a listener. Um, yes. You know, in a way, I've got um, a piece of listener mail here. This is from back in March. Okay, the end of March, and I've been thinking about it a little bit. And actually, the person was talking originally about the VH1 Corvette giveaway. Right. Which was, which was not an urban legend. No. Nope. I mean, that really happened. And we they, have an they still exists somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they've been moved around a little bit, shuttled around. But um, this person said it, this reminds them of a story that they heard uh, recently where a couple purchased a farm in Portugal or in Spain. They couldn't remember which. And uh, the farm had an old barn on it, which uh, they didn't open, of course, until after they had purchased the property. Right. And once they opened the doors, you know, they had been welded shut. Once they opened the doors, um, they found, you know, something like 200 cars that are worth $17 million on this piece of property that they got basically just at an auction. Um, they find, you know, this is like kind of the ultimate barn find story. Yeah. Right? False. Oh. Yeah, it's a false urban legend. This is an urban legend. I kind of had a feeling because 200 yeah. is a lot. And a lot of the, these photos came around uh, recently. And, and the funny thing is, though, there is a barn in Portugal that has, I think it's 180 cars in it that are, that are of various makes and models and years and, and, uh, you know, vintages. And the cool thing about this, it, but it, but it's, it was documented more as an inventory than anything else. Um, it's, it's not this, uh, this fantastic barn find that somebody found, you know, just, off by ch- by chance, you know, at, at an auction, sure. and this barn was said to have doors that were welded shut that no one bothered to open, you know, for 15 years after the, uh, the original owners had passed away. That Which type of thing. First off, crazy. Exactly, no errors, and you know that type of yeah. thing. So they were going to tear down the barn, and then they found inside this barn these 200 cars or 180 cars. Those cars do exist, and they are there in this barn in Portugal. But the uh, the truth to this is the reality is that. Um, it's 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 not really the the uh, the lucky buyer that that owns these cars now. It's it's really just the person that owns them originally. He was an automobile automobile dealer in the seventies and eighties, and he over time built up this collection because you don't you don't build something like this quickly. It, it's you know progressive. Sure. These cars are filthy, by the way. They've been just sitting in the barn, decaying, picking up dust. Oh man. Um, but really, he I mean, he just kept the barn locked up once it was full. He had nothing more to do with them, so he just he just shut it up and left it there. Um, you know how these collectors are sometimes. It's just it's just <laughs> what they do. I mean, I don't know. He, he might have others elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just don't know. Uh, but really, the the photographs were more of an inventory for the for the owner and nothing else. But um, you know, once word got out, you know, somebody could make a fantastic story out of it and call it uh, mm-hmm. the ultimate barn find. Forward some emails. Yeah, exactly. So that one's made its rounds, and uh, and there's a lot of other things, you know, a lot of other auto urban legends that are out mm-hmm. there, and one that um, one in particular uh, that you've probably heard. Which one? This is about the uh, escape mental patient and the hook in the door. Oh man, Have you this heard was, this? Yeah, this was one of my favorite summer camp stories. I think a yeah. lot of people. Remember this story? I think so too. Yeah, I mean, and just briefly. Yeah, I mean, the Reader's I, Digest. Version. Yeah, this is the this is the uh, it's called the hook usually, and this I mean I, I'm just reading here from Snopes was I've heard this one when I was a kid. I heard it around a campfire, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's meant to be kind of spooky, kind of one of these evening tales that you tell around the campfire to I don't know scare preteens or whatever when you know you're yeah. you're dead and think it's kind of cool to to scare your kids a little bit or people with a fear <laughs> of hooks. Yeah, that's right. Or you can uh, frighten your brother or sister with this. Um, but basically the way it goes, and, and this is in general, it's retold many times different ways, but it all has the same kind of ending. 
Um, and there's a kind of surprising twist to this at the end that I had never thought of. Okay. Oddly enough. I mean, this is strange. Um, the idea is this, that a young couple goes out to, you know, a country road or maybe a lover's lane and they're going to park and, you know, kiss, make out, that type of thing, right? Um, they don't have the radio on. The girls, they don't have the radio on. The girl's real nervous about, um, you know, what's going on. She's kind of sure. like anxious, upset, you know, kind of mm-hmm. looking around, cautious. Um, you know, the, the young guy, he's very excited about this, of course, you know, and right. he's, he's being a little bit aggressive. Um, she gets, she just continues with this uneasy feeling, says, I, I just don't feel right about this. We need to get out of here. There's noises. Um, some rustling, perhaps. but what they don't know, what the young couple does not know is that there's an escaped mental institution, uh, uh prisoner in the area, an escapee and, and, you know, from the asylum. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's got a hook for a hand and he's used this hook on his other victims, you know, and that's the, uh, that's the kind of catch to this whole thing is that, you know, there's this, this hook hand, um, so, you know, giving a, you know, finally the girl says, look, this is just too much for me. It's too spooky. I got to get out of here. And he's, he gets upset, gets back in the driver's seat, floors the car to get out of there because he's very upset, you know, sure. angry, uh, you know, rapid acceleration out of wherever they are. They get home. He's dropping her off. He's still angry. You know, he goes around to the other side to let her out and he realizes that in the door handle of the car, there's a bloody hook hanging there. Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. Now that's, there's many other versions of this, but, um, this is something that I, I I've been I heard this over, I've heard this a few times and yeah. I had no idea and maybe you knew this there the, there's a moral to this story what's the, the moral yeah, I thought it was just kind of a spooky kind of yeah. you know you're out in the country and it's kind of scary type thing is the moral don't fool around it is it is there's this is a like a don't uh, don't engage in sex if you're a teenager type story I had no idea so it was purposely purposefully made to impart this moral. Exactly. Yeah, there's a moral to the story, and that is teenage sex is dangerous. Dangerous. You could die. See? Well, not necessarily from a hook-handed serial killer. Uh, well, but no, not necessarily, but that's the symbolism. Something bad could happen. Exactly. Something bad could happen. So here's the uh, the young female saying no, no, no. The boy saying yes, and she's, she's the one that's right. Mm-hmm. She said, let's get out of here. And save their lives. And save their lives. That's right. So there you go. That's the uh, that's the um, version. There's another version. There's another. That. Yeah, there's another one that I had heard also. My dad must have told me these. I I can't believe he told me these when I was so young. Okay. When I think back to this, I don't. I don't. But but you know what? There was no knowledge that this was the uh, the underlying moral of this. I don't, sure, I don't it was think. just a scary story. Yeah, it was just kind of a spooky story, and we had you know we camped out a lot, so it was kind of fun. Um, but when I look back, these are these are pretty macabre stories, I yeah. guess. Um, this in this other one, um, it's called it's often called you know like the boyfriend or the boyfriend's death or something like that. Sure. Okay. Um, same idea, you know, they're out in the, on a country road, parked somewhere. Um, they, uh, you know, the, whatever happened, you know, usually the act happens, right? And yeah. uh, then they're ready to leave. The uh, the Boyfriend says, "Oh my gosh, we're out of gas, and they really are out of gas. It's not a not a ploy on his part. They're they're out of gas, right? Okay. So he says, tell you what, you stay here. I know a gas station not far from here that's uh you know that's nearby. I can head hike back there and get fuel, and we'll leave. Stay in the car, no matter what. Don't uh, don't get out of the car. So he leaves, and twenty minutes later, she hears. You know, she's freaked out, of course. Sure. Um, she hears kind of a shush, shush, shush. Exactly. Yeah. A little rustling, something like that. And, uh, there's, you know, either a tapping on the car, a scratching on the car, something like that, right? She's so panicked, you know, that, that something's just not right. He's not back yet. It's been hours now and this tapping yeah. is still continuing. So, um, 
finally, you know, daybreak happens or something like that. You know, maybe the police arrive and they say, Miss, stay right where you are. You know, I'll, I'll help you out of the car. They help her out and they say, whatever you do, don't look back at the car. Walk to the squad car. Don't look back. And of course. Of course. Of yeah, course. There's, there's, uh, the boyfriend is dead and he's either hanging above the car and the tapping that they hear is his foot or his fingertips or blood or, um, I've read a version where it's his, his head that's on an antenna that's dripping. Uh, there's just all kinds of really gory details to this one. But again, you know, of course she looks back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she sees this, this horrible scene that, you know, that is caused by teenage sex. And this <laughs> that's is, that's it. Yeah. This is utterly false, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's made up. It's, it's one of the, these are cautionary tales mm-hmm. that have been passed down, you know, through generations now at this point. I mean, it really does go back to, it goes back to the forties and there's been, yeah. you know, lovers lane murderers before. Yeah, and all the it, way back before uh before the 1700s there have oh, been lovers lane stories. Sure, so. yeah, it, it happens and it really does happen sometimes. I mean, there's yeah. there's that off chance when something like that does happen, but um most of these are really based in the in the idea that, you know, sex is bad, underage sex is bad mm-hmm. and you and you'll see that trend carried over into horror movies of today. So sure. you'll see uh you know like Friday the 13th and mm-hmm. um you know just just I guess as a Halloween, I think Halloween has yeah, some elements of that sure. as well. Most um, most uh, most American horror movies do have some sort of yeah element of that. Mm-hmm. So well, that's kind of a, that's kind of a excuse bummer. me, like the date horror movies. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, hey, wait before we go out of spooky territory, let me pick up. Oh, you got a spooky one. one. Okay, I got ahead. a spooky one. All right, I'm going to say three words to you. I bet you'll. I know that you'll know this one because you know you and me are on the same page. Uh, you and I. Either way. We're there. We're on that page. Dead car smell. Oh, yes. Yeah, I know this one. Yeah. Now, of course, uh, Scott, you know that this is the story about someone who at the basis – there are quite a few versions of this. But at the basis, somebody gets this just beautiful cherry car for less than it should be. Not not an unbelievable price – which is a different story, but, mm-hmm. but for less than it should be. And they can't quite figure out why it is until they realize when they get into the car after they purchase it for some reason. Yeah, well, they've never checked it out. It's just like yeah. that barn in Portugal, right, mm-hmm. man? And, uh, they realize that it reeks of a smell that they're not quite familiar with. And then they find out eventually through some sort of pomp and circumstance that this car had had someone die inside of it. And now, no matter what, the smell will not leave. Okay. So somebody, somebody died in the car and they were in there apparently for a long time. Yeah. There's, uh, there's, uh, a, a couple different versions here. There's a serious version where, uh, the car is almost cursed and the person who buys it afterwards also dies. Sort of like the James Dean, Franz Ferdinand oh, yeah. legends. Sure. And then, uh, then there's like a, there's sort of a, a, Less serious version. I don't, I don't know if it, if I want to say less serious because it is, it is death, but you know, there's one where the people who buy the car next in line don't have to die. They just have to put up with this terrible smell. And this story, um, I'm going to tell you something kind of weird, man. Okay. You ready? Yeah, ready. We're going weird. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, this kind of story, the way it's written, it's almost impossible to prove whether or not it's true mm-hmm. or false. Now, of course, we know that 
not being able to disprove something doesn't make it true or false. It just means that we don't have the information. The reason we, and I'm going to go ahead and say this is probably false because any smell can be taken out eventually, even if you have to gut the inside of the car. Yes. Um, but the reason I'm going to say it's false is that we have seen this take all the steps that the, the usual folklore stories go through. It's been around since at least, uh, the twenties, early twenties. It's been every kind of car you could imagine. Uh, a Cadillac, uh, a cruiser, you know, a Viper, um, even a Model A apparently, which that didn't make sense to me because Model A's are not closed cabins. So how did that smell stay in oh, there? Oh, they're, they're closed cabins. There's some closed cabins. There are some, but you know, they've oh, got- Oh yeah, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Because the smell would leak out. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. They're not, they're not necessarily airtight, uh, vehicles. Right. They're like- <laughs> not sealed. <laughs> no, no, not yeah. like, uh, not like cars are now. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't mean like they were all open air. No, no, I know what you yeah. mean. And, uh, then apparently there are some there are some folks who uh, think they've traced it back to a time before cars where it was actually a story about a uh, guy who sat in a rocking chair and was so depressed that he died and the chair always smelled like him really so boom that's another myth busted or not myth busted but it's another urban legend yeah. that is not true so right now we've got we've got just what one one that's true? One or uh, yeah, I think you're right. Just, just the one. Just, just the one, yeah. Adrian Brown. Yeah. The uh yeah. <laughs> the diplomat. Yep. Yep. What do I've, you got? I've got a couple others here. I mean there's there's one that has uh this one's called and this is from Snopes also. Okay. The rattle trap. You oh. may have heard of this one. Rattle trap. Yeah, have you ever heard of this one? No, I haven't. This is about um and I'll 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 make it super brief because this has actually got a long description to it here. I'm I'm leafing through it right now, but um, the idea of this one is that, um, it's always a luxury car, always something that, you know, like a, a Jaguar, Mercedes, Corvette, Cadillac, sure. that's yeah. what it says here. Um, and there's always a persistent rattle that's caused by something in the car. Okay. So you buy a new car, let's say it's a, a real high end Jaguar mm-hmm. and, uh, you find out that, you know, as you drive this thing, there's a rattle that is just driving you nuts. You can't tell where it's coming from. You take it back to the dealership. They say, well, we've never heard anything like this. Let's. Take it out for a test. They can't figure yeah. it out. You know, of course, um, you know, it's inconsistent, doesn't happen all the time, but, uh, this rattle is just driving you nuts because you hear it all the time, no matter what, once you focus in on that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So finally, you know, the owner, the owner, after several attempts to get the dealership to uh, figure out what it is, they say, well, you know, we've checked everything that it possibly could be. We're even looking into getting another car for you. That's how persistent this is and how much it bothers you, right? Yeah. Um, Finally, you've just had enough and you think you realize where it's coming from. And let's say you open up the, the door of the car. Sure. You, know, you just take off the panel yourself and you realize that there's a, an empty whiskey bottle in there with some change in it that rattles around. An empty whiskey bottle in the, in the door of your Jaguar, right? With change with in change it? With change in it and maybe a note. All and, right. And the note says something like, uh, you know, well, you finally found the rattle. You, uh, you rich SOB. Hope you enjoy your, <laughs> hope you enjoy your car. You know, sign me the little guy on the, on the line or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, it's meant, it's one of these kind of revenge type stories. Sure. Right? Yeah. And the idea is that, um, it's, it's really a sabotaged car. So is the idea. Your mm. car's been sabotaged by somebody without you knowing. Kind of prank. Yeah. yeah. It's a prank. It's a car prank, really. And there's one little bit of, um, and this one goes back to at least, according to Snopes, at least 1969. Um, and there have been some modern-day versions of this. 
that have, that have you know come about. Yeah. Um, you know, it could be anything. It could be bolts. It could be, um, like I said, change in the door. It could be, um, oh, something just as as simple as um, something written on the back seat. Maybe this isn't a rattle, but this is something oh, yeah. else. Now, <laughs> here's something kind of funny. Um, there's a real life event that was that happened to the Queen. Uh, that is very similar to this. Queen of England? Yes. What? Yes, I Go know. I, I know you're listening now. Right? <laughs> uh, it says, now this is from Snopes. It says, a real life event somewhat similar to the legend occurred in June of 2001 when Queen Elizabeth II's Jaguar was found to contain pornographic magazines tucked into a cavity and a swastika painted behind a seat panel. Oh my gosh. And that's done at the factory. That was somebody that, uh, you know, just did this as kind of a, you know, on a, on a lark. They just, they just did this oh, man. as a joke. And according to a Jaguar spokesman uh, who said, you know, something about this pranking, he's saying that, you know, it's one of those old traditions where, where people used to write things behind the seat panels of cars and they, they never discovered until, you know, somebody was in an accident, until, you know, they had to tear that seat up or apart for some reason. Right, okay. Or, you know, because how would they ever know that that was there? Yeah, that's and just kind of trashy. I've heard – yeah, I know it is. It really <laughs> is, yeah. But uh, he says that you know the practice has been around for a long, long time. In fact, this guy was an apprentice at one point. And he said that he remembers it from back when he was young. And it's not just Jaguar. This is everywhere. Okay. So I'm not picking on Jaguar, but this is the example in Snopes. Yeah, we still love um, you guys. Exactly. Jaguar. Yeah. But he says that um, – he says there are really there are probably hundreds of makes and models of cars, you know, not just Jaguar, of course, but that are that are going around with all this. And he, in fact, himself said, you know, he hasn't had the guts to go look behind his own car you know, to see what's there. <laughs> That's awesome. But, uh, <laughs> so there's a so, ring of truth. Yeah, and the idea is that, and but the but the thing is about this this rattle and you know the the yeah. sabotage car. It's it's of course it's an urban legend about the whiskey bottle and that type of mm. stuff, but it happens. It it can happen. Um, the idea is that the rattle the rattle demonstrates something that um, you know you may have a guilt about doing well, which uh-huh. sounds kind of funny. But you you know you may have you may have this uh, this idea that maybe I don't know what I did to deserve this, but you know now I've got this brand new Cadillac and uh, there's got to be something wrong with it. You know I, how do how do the people who made this for me feel? Uh, are they uh, are they upset with me? Yeah. Or are they you know that like you feel like you're somehow above them, but you maybe shouldn't be. Um, I don't know if I'm describing that the right way or not. No, I get what you're saying because yeah. you're taking some of the psychological implications, yeah. some of the symbolism in it's, the story. It's a guilt to your success, I guess. Yeah. If you want to put it that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, like if you have excessive, um, you know, I guess uh, if you have excessive possessions at this point, you may mm-hmm. feel like you don't necessarily deserve them. That's um, why you gave away the jet, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, anyways, that's a, that's kind of an unusual one, but I mean, with a little bit of. You know, some some truth grounded to that. A little, little ring of truth. Yeah, and you know what? There's there's probably there's, there's probably a car out there with some you know phantom rattle that yeah. is some kind of malicious uh, doing by the people on the line. Oh gosh, man! You just drove everybody <laughs> who has an undiagnosed rattle. I know, and that's a little bit crazy. That's a huge percentage of people. So I got another couple of few that I want to just list yeah, real quick, yeah. and then we're done. But um, um. Let's see. Where I don't even know if we go through these in order or not. Just um, did you know that peanut? Well, this is one that's kind of true, but it's one of those curse stories. So you got to kind of grain of salt. Yeah, exactly. Check. Do you know that peanut shells are considered a curse in racing? I did not know peanut shelled shells. shelled peanuts. Shelled peanuts. Yeah, if they're out of their shell, they're apparently okay. But it goes back to 1937. Uh, there were a couple of fatalities, some spectator deaths, things like that. 
take a look at this one if you if you're interested in that. But yeah. uh, look about you know find out about the peanut shell curse. The peanut shell curse. And, and that's in racing and you'll figure out uh, what's going on there. That's but, awesome. Yeah, it's kind of neat, isn't it? Well, I'm just really – any sport, I, I love the superstitions of it. Oh, you and know? there's there's a lot of superstitions in sports, um, you know, pre, pre-game ritual, post-game rituals, um, you know, that type of thing. And and apparently peanuts in shells play a, uh, a big role in racing superstition. That explains so much. <laughs> I'm kidding. Now you got to wonder what I, I had never heard of this. Really, I had heard of it goes that. back to 1937. Yeah. So, uh, the another one is, um, seatbelts. Some people believe that they're better off not wearing seatbelts. And, uh, we've talked about this. I know we have. Yeah. That the idea is that you're, you're better off not wearing a seatbelt because if there's a fire in the vehicle, you're able to get out and otherwise you're trapped, mm-hmm. which is not true. Um, you, you know, I mean, there's always going to be the chance when that could happen. However, um, the NHTSA has said that most fatalities on the highway result from impact or being thrown from the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And that's where the seatbelt comes in. And they said that if you're ejected from the vehicle, which sounds horrific, by the way, yeah. if you're ejected from the vehicle, you're four times as likely to die as those that remain inside the vehicle. So once you go through the window, you're four times more likely to die than if you were to stay inside the car. Which... To me, totally makes sense because mm-hmm. where are you going to be launched? Into traffic? Exactly. Into a pole? In front of your own vehicle. Yeah. Uh, into the accident that just happened. Yeah. So uh, that's bad news. I, I've got one. Yeah. Okay. So this, I'm going to, I'm going to take it, I'm taking it up a little. Okay. Um, all right. So have you heard of the urban legend that says a former military officer Got a hold of a jet engine and strapped <laughs> his car, strapped it to his car to do a jet assisted takeoff. Is this a Jado? The Jado. Yeah. The Jado clip. Yeah. You know, I, I think everybody's heard this one. Okay. So yeah. we got this guy who is somehow smart enough to strap a jet engine onto his car, but still just not quite smart enough to put a couple extra numbers together and realize that it's suicide. Yeah. So the story goes that he takes off, he's doing well for about 20 seconds, you know, <laughs> and then he tries to apply the brakes and then boom, the wheels me- or the brakes melt, the wheels melt, the car careens and goes airborne somehow uh and knocks a crater into a cliff face. Now, uh people try to rationalize this by saying, well, he did Go out to Arizona and Utah where they, where they catch, or I'm sorry, where we conduct all the land speed record attempts. Um, so the idea is that he, he really did do this. Um, he didn't, man. You can call, <laughs> you can call the Arizona Highway Patrol yeah. folks. I'm sure they hear about it all the time. And the, anyone who has, you don't even have to be an engineer. I'm not an engineer. But just looking at the numbers and the technology involved, there's just no way, man. Yeah, this guy didn't just bolt it to mm-hmm. his car in in you know a shop somewhere, which is great because it, it means he didn't die. I guess it. I guess it could do it. I mean, but it would take. You'd have, you're right. You'd have to be a mechanical engineer, um, and also. There's just no way that you would expect that vehicle to stand up underneath what. Because I mean, mm-hmm. I've heard versions of this where it's like a, it's an old. You know, um, Chevy Celebrity or something like mm-hmm. that, or just some car that you know, any car that he, you you pick, sure, he's bolted this engine to. And they often thought, even I've heard that this was a, um, they couldn't 
determine if it was a low-flying aircraft is what they thought because oh, yeah. of the, the remnants <laughs> of the engine and yeah and they couldn't even it was so smashed that they couldn't tell it was a car even yeah and they couldn't yeah, find yeah. the guy yeah, spotted yeah. or anything yeah but here we go ring of truth because in 1957 apparently dodge took a car and removed the gas tank and put a jado unit in its place really and the car went 140 something miles an hour oh cool so apparently really – And this is not the turbine cars that we talked about. This is a different car because that's the – that was a an official program. Yeah. Yeah. That, I don't think that's it. I, I don't think I don't, it could be. But, no. But uh, just so everybody knows, if you are strapping that – if you are somehow in the garage putting that thing on now, <laughs> please stop. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't let any more innocent people die, especially if they're real and not fictional like yeah. this guy. Yeah. That seems uh, – that, that one's always had kind of a – I don't know. I, I've never, ever believed that one, even right from the very first time I heard it. Well, what about that guy who got a vanity plate that said no plate? Didn't Did you hear, hear about this, this guy? No, I didn't hear about this one. Uh, well, the, the legend goes that this, that when people get smart aleck vanity plates, like, uh, no plate or just a bunch of X's or something, mm-hmm. that they get more tickets. Really? They get a lot of tickets. Hmm. It's absolutely true. No plate. That guy, there was a guy who put, um, who was filling out his vanity plate form and his first choice was like sailing or in second choice is boating or something like that. Cause he was a, a sailing enthusiast. And then his third choice, he just wrote no plate and that's what they gave him. And so he had literally Scott thousands of notices. Thousands. Thousands, man. Thousands. Really? Like, well, like 2000. And this is real. Just, just enough to say thousands. Wow. And then the guy who, who had, just X's on his plate also got in trouble. <laughs> That's kind of ridiculous. See, I, I, I'm torn. I kind of want a vanity no, plate. No, no, you I'm don't. I'm just not that person. You don't want it. Don't, don't get a vanity I don't wait. It costs extra. No, it makes me look kind of like a jerk. Yeah, don't get one. I, I don't know. Somebody don't. probably already has Ben. Uh, don't, don't get it. Should I get Scott? No. That'd be weird. No, that that'd would be, be weird. That'd be kind of weird. Strange. Um, And then the very last one I have, and this is just my favorite, a guy – uh. A guy got caught. This is when they started putting out the uh, cameras that automatically catch you and they send you a picture of yourself. Oh, yeah. You yeah. heard about this, right? Uh, yeah, I think I know what you're going, when you're going into this. Uh, this is where the guy gets the picture and he says, okay, well, I'll pay you with a picture yeah. of $45 or <laughs> yeah. whatever, 50 or whatever. Yeah, he sends them a picture of money. That really happened. Really? Yes. And do you know what happened afterwards? You what know? Happened? I do. Go you ahead. Do, you yeah. say it. You say now, it. I, the police chief sent him back a picture of handcuffs uh-huh. and told him that that would that'd be his future if he didn't uh, cough up the real cash. And that was police chief <laughs> James A. Cost. Congratulations, sir. You both have a uh, a sense of humor and and a heck of a work ethic. That's mm-hmm. I I almost want to meet this guy. I know. Yeah, it seems uh, it's an interesting story. It's it's amazing that that's true. So yeah, I just wanted to end on true. That's all I got. You're gonna close this out. You with know, one? I've got a couple that maybe yeah. three here, and maybe yeah. two. I'll start with two that probably everybody's heard. Of course, there's the cruise control driver. And this is back, I don't know, 20 years ago, maybe. Oh, the cruise control Cinderella. Yeah, that's yeah. What I call is that what you call it? Really? No, that's what I made that up. This is the guy. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about? I'm this guy, Sleeping Beauty. Oh. Let's say okay, the family's on vacation. They're out headed out in the family RV, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they just got this new brand new RV, and Driving along, you know, the family's in the back, dad's up in the front driving, 
And uh, about midway through the uh, you know the first state or whatever, the dad comes strolling back into the back part of the the uh, the cab. Well, you know the car is still moving, the RV is still moving, and <laughs> they say, "What are you doing up here? Who's driving?" He said, "Oh, I just set the cruise control. Don't worry about it." And that's when they you know went off the road. Right. Okay. Totally false, of course. Okay. <laughs> but um, anyways, that 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 has a lot of variations as well. You know, people that set the cruise control and then fall asleep in the seat, that type of thing. Which is weird because I could see somebody. I could totally see someone doing that yeah. when cruise control first came out. Yeah, I, I guess I could too. That's why they didn't call it autopilot. <laughs> it's it's humorous, anyways. Yeah. It makes people think. Uh, the other one is, and this is one that I'm sure everybody's heard of, the fifty dollar Porsche. You know, this is where you know the the. Uh, I guess the uh, the estranged wife, the jilted know, says, lover. Exactly, she yeah. says. Uh, she says, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to say. Oh, the uh, the husband. I guess we should start with this. The husband that has recently left his wife writes a note back that says, uh, you know, I'm enjoying my new life here in uh, Palm Beach or wherever it mm. is with my uh, with my new wife or my new girlfriend. Uh, please sell the sports car and send me the money. And she says, fine, I'll sell the sell the car and send you the money. And she sells it for fifty bucks. You know, his prized possession, his uh, his Corvette or Porsche or whatever. Um, I, I think this one's false too. There is no car salesman like a woman's school. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. No, that, I think that's one everybody's heard. And there's variation of what type of car it is and how much money it is. And Yeah. Uh, it, it just doesn't exist. It it's doesn't. sort of hard to believe, man. It really is. It really is. Is it just that we like cars too much? <laughs> I think may- – oh, I don't know. Maybe. 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 Uh, people that well, there's also another one that where people don't know the someone doesn't know the value of the car, yeah, and they sell it unknowing. Mm-hmm. And this one, it's another urban legend, but it often focuses on uh, let's say that uh, someone's gone off to war and they were killed, mm-hmm. and you know, son or a uh, the husband and the wife or mother sells the person's you know again this is their their prize prize possession. A um, I think the example I saw was a '63 split back Corvette. Okay, and uh, she had no idea the value of it. Sold it for you know a couple hundred bucks mm-hmm. uh, to somebody. You know, the first person that came along, they found the you know the greatest deal of the century. Um, you know, if, if someone just doesn't know the value of something, that's another urban legend that you know sure. someone someone received something for a very low cost, and that has likely happened. That probably has that happened. That probably yeah. just statistically, that probably yeah. has happened. The very last one I've got here, Ben. Yeah, this is the last one, and. Er- you might have heard this one too. Make it crazy. This is it is crazy. This one is always associated with, uh, and I'm doing air quotes here, but hillbillies or rednecks in uh, in a pickup truck usually. And you probably know this one, right? This is the I'm, I'm from Tennessee, bro. This is the bullet fuse. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've heard of this one, right? Yes. Okay, a couple of guys out for a drive. They they blow a fuse somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, some kind of critical fuse, apparently. It's the tube type, you know, the glass type. Yeah. Looking around for something to put in there, you know, just a piece of wire or anything. Well, they have a 22 caliber bullet, and they put the bullet in there because it spans the gap and it's metal and it does the job, right? Sure. Well, apparently the the bullet overheats. You know, the electricity warms it. You know, it warms up to the point where it overheats. And the bullet, it, you know, it discharges, and it usually, you know, it it shoots the guy, the driver, in the knee or in the testicle. Ouch! I yeah, know, I know. And uh, and then they end up driving off the road, and you know, they both are, you know, hauled off to some emergency medical clinic, you know, where they make some outlandish statements about what happened. And, you know, so it's, <laughs> it's kind of a funny story to anybody yeah. else besides the two guys in the car. Sure. Um, but you know, of course, that that's a false one too. No, this this has never happened, but um. I can almost see this one happening in real life. <laughs> people, people in Tennessee will swear to you. Some people will swear to you by that story, man. Really? Yeah, some people really? believe it. Okay. I well, can, it's just I, dumb enough 
that it you know it yeah happen. i understand no i i could see it i could see it really happening but so far this one's false so far so good thank goodness so thank I, gu- goodness. I guess this closes out we wanted to talk about these urban legends um first because we had such a great time with the vh1 corvette giveaway and we know that we have just really hit some of the big ones uh you know of course we missed uh like vanishing hitchhiker or whatever I don't mean to burst anyone's bubble, but that one's not true. <laughs> yeah, or the uh, the dead hitchhiker. The dead hitchhiker. Yeah, the person that died years before. Yeah, as far as we know, hasn't happened. I don't think so. Yeah, but we're uh, so sure that you guys have probably got a couple of uh, good urban legends under your belt about cars. So if you want to give us a shout, you can uh, write to us on Facebook at Car Stuff. Or on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We've got uh, Car Stuff HSW, I think, is the best way to find it. Yep. Uh, we've got the blog, which um, I usually update with um, podcast material. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the website. You, know, we can, you can write to us in, in a variety of different ways. In fact, we've got a, an email address you can contact us at. And if you'd like to do that, you can reach us at carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Grainger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Grainger. For the ones who get it done.